Welcome to How to Japan. This is a podcast involving two people from two different countries living in Japan. So, sir, what are we going to talk about today? Today is an episode based upon your experiences with a <gasps> certain right. group, organization, a, a collection mm. of people who believe in a lot of bullshit. Um, I think there are terms mm. to describe them. Uh, one term that comes to mind is a cult. So that's the title of mm-hmm. our episode. Cults. Yes. Yes. <laughs> cult. Now, I, I guess I'll, I'll just start uh, telling the story here. All right. So this story starts about 10 years ago when I was living in Omiya, uh, which is uh, a suburban town, about 30-minute train ride from Tokyo. It's a, I was living at a small station, so there was a few shops near the station that I would walk by every day on the way to work. And um, one of the shops... Where, was, where were you working at the time? I was working in Tokyo. So I was working at... I was doing business English at various places. And I think I was working also at a private high school. Uh, so mm. I was working in all types of places all over Tokyo. Uh, so well, I kind of... I guess I had kind of a busy schedule going from place to place. But um, the the station... The shop that uh, that I'm thinking of now... It was a little market, and it wasn't very big, but the shop owner would sit out in front of the shop on a stool, and sometimes I would see him talking to people, walking by or wherever, other shop owners, and he always had a smile on his face, and uh, he would oftentimes say hello, so I would say hello back, and um, this, I don't know, that was the extent of our relationship, if you could call it one, just a, you know, uh, a happy hello each day and but um one day he came up to me and he said this i want to talk to you about something and this intrigued me mm. because when people say this it's it's mm. so vague right but it also kind yeah, of re- could have a could have a rash on his balls yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe or maybe he raped maybe he raped someone yeah and he needs consultation over what to do with the body or something like that um and so it kind of reminded me in in a tone a, a kind of a what what christians would do when they go door to door when they t- want to talk to you about something and that something is jesus you know so um i, I was kind of like well I was ha- but I was mostly interested. I wanted to know what this man had to say. So one day I make it over to his shop. It's not that far from my house. So I walked over and I said, oh, you wanted to talk to me about something. And he said that he belonged to an organization uh, where there were many interesting seminars. And the seminars were done by famous scientists who were... Uh, talking about DNA and all this. And he said there was one seminar coming up about hirameiki. Hirameiki is the spark, inspiration of something. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. What was his English ability like? Oh, we were speaking Japanese. There was no English. Oh, I thought, I thought it was all in English. No, it wasn't at all in English. But he did tell me that there were English speakers at the organization. 
So and mm. so he said that these people are connected to various universities, and it's even possible that if you make connections, you can you can get some connections at a university, and maybe work at one. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. I had up until that point, I hadn't had that kind of work experience. So um, you know, and I was always up for you know trying to broaden my network and try to get more jobs and you know increase cash flow and all that kind of stuff. So I I was intrigued by his proposal. But something before I left the shop, he started to talk a little bit about DNA and talent. And uh, he continued this talk with my wife because I went home before I before I left the shop. He was really nice to me. And he's like, oh, here, here's some steaks. And he just threw me some steaks for free. And I was like, oh, that's kind of mm. nice. You no, know, whatever. Yeah, that's but, how they get you. Yeah, they get you with the steaks. Right. So um, I, I had bought some other things and I was like, all right. So I went home and I told my wife about this guy. He said that there's interesting seminars at this place he goes to quite often. And my wife goes there and uh, she talks to him. And um, he talks about how he worked at this department store near Omiya Station in management for a long time. And he was getting older. But then he sought the advice of some other business partners at this organization. And they said, you know, it's probably best if you quit that job. And if you quit that job, then you can pursue something that you really want to do, which is open a store. And so he opened a store. But what was curious about it was that they told him the best place to open the store, which was near the station I, I lived at. And they even suggested things that he should sell, which is mm. kind of odd. You know, it's kind of a weird thing for someone to say about you know opening a business <laughs> and so did you delve did you delve into who the who they were i tried to but he was always very vague about the they mm. so um i figure you know i i want to know i want to know what's going on here i i sometimes my my personality um is one where i i want i i'm attracted to things that are a bit off i'm not always attracted to the normal and so i think i have a radar in my brain which uh beeps starts going off when a crazy person comes near and then mm. i and then i become too involved too quickly uh but usually i i back off um but anyway so he he talks about he talks to my wife about like how there's this scientist and there was a, a seminar about how DNA and talent are closely connected and um, it's DNA is the deciding factor in who you will meet and what you will do. So mm. people who you will meet and who you will do. And I was like, okay. I mean, when I heard that, I, I was just like, okay, you know, everyone has their own thoughts and opinions about goofy shit like that. So I didn't really give it that much thought. Mm. I really, what I was really interested in knowing is, are there a group of English speakers at this place who are connected to jobs that I might be interested in? Mm. So that's uh, that's that was my main drive in in wanting to go there. So 
my my wife and I were thinking about it, and then he's like, "Oh, there's something coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll we'll arrange. We'll take you out there." It was the the organization. I wish I could remember the name. I wish I didn't have to refer to it as the organization. Uh, there was a name, and we looked it up later on. But um, so we we go to this place, and it's this huge place up in Urawa, which is a bit closer to Tokyo. It's about 15 minutes outside of Tokyo. And um, there are lots of people mulling up, milling about outside, and we go into the reception area. And this is where it starts to get a little bit stranger. Because when I walk inside, there's a reception, and there's this big glass partition, and there's all these women with similar hairdos, and they're all wearing the same blue dress, and they all have the same expression on their face. And I, I kind of mentioned this in my notes. It's kind of like a very step for wives kind of feeling going on. You know, mm, it's like, mm. what, 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 what's going on here? And so they, you know, they have a sign in, write our name, uh, things like that, job or whatever. And then it was like, mm. they, they had us write something on the application. Like, what is your dream? It's like, mm. th- this is odd. Like dream. That seems oddly specific and personal right so anyway maybe i wrote something like get a good job or something like that and um so then it gets even stranger at this point the shop owner is a dude he takes me away and then my wife is surrounded by all these old japanese women and they take her off somewhere else i'm like why is my wife going somewhere else he's like well women go in this area and men go in this area like mm, that's oh. a fucking red flag. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was fucking weird. So he kept he kept telling me that there was like these English speakers all over the place, and I hadn't met anyone who spoke English. No one even attempted to speak English to me at that point. And so then I um we we go to this restaurant inside the the big building. It's a huge building. It's like a maze. There's so many different rooms and things like that. We go to this restaurant. It's almost like a family restaurant, like something like Jonathan's or uh, what's another one? Like a Denny's or something like that? Denny's. Yeah. It was really like just kind of a normal run-of-the-mill thing. I think I ordered curry rice or something like that. And he sat me down. We were talking. And he starts talking about how – he starts talking about how, um, you know, the reason why I came to Japan – meaning me, you know, it's probably mm. because, you know, the, the main reason is probably because many 700 years ago, you and your wife were brother and sister. And he said it with such authority. He's like, what? <laughs> he's like, you know, and he said this word is sometimes I, I learn words, random words in Japanese that I didn't know before. And the word I learned was line tensho. So I was like, Line Tensho, mm. what's that? So I looked it up and it said Samsara. And I was like, oh, that's a Hindu word. And he said, no, 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 no. You're part of a 700 year cycle and it's part of your DNA. I'm like, okay. And he said, the soul is in the DNA. Mm. And, and I asked him, how did you know this? And he said, no, no, I don't know. It's the researchers. 
they come and they give seminars and I'm like, well, how can I find out these people? Can I meet them? Well, no, first you have to join. And then uh, if you want to go to a seminar, it costs extra money. I'm like, well, what about the Hirameki? That's, a, that's like a pyramid, pyramid scheme. Yeah. Or some kind of fucking scam. Yeah. Oh, you just pay, just pay this much, just pay this amount and then we're going to enlighten you. But you've got to you've got to pay up front first before we reveal any of our secrets. Right. So I'm I'm hearing these types of things, and exactly that's exactly it. Later on, you know, he we we find out that basically the more people that you get to join the organization, the higher up you move. So it is a mm. pyramid scheme. It was a pyramid scheme. I I assume that it exists even now. I mean, the building was huge and seemed to be a lot of people milling about. About how many people were there? Do when, do you remember that? Are we talking about uh, like 20, 30, 40, 100 people? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds? Hundreds. This is just with you and the men. This is the men we're talking about. Well, well, I was in the restaurant. There were hundreds of people. But when we went to an auditorium. Oh, I see. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were maybe 600 people in the auditorium. And there mm. were no chairs. We we're all sitting on the floor. But... um. We go into this long conversation, he t- and I'm telling him, I'm, I'm saying, you know, that's a Hindu concept, that's religion, that's uh, something that is an ancient idea that um, comes from India. You know, this idea of, uh, you know, living another life and repeating your life. But the ha- concept that I was... Reincarnation. Brother- yeah, reincarnation. Like, but the concept that I was a brother to my wife 700 years ago is yeah that's batshit crazy yeah it's like so you're saying that uh we so we're now we're we're basically practicing incest yes is what you're trying to tell me yeah if it's if it comes down in dna and we're related somehow hmm. even though if we did a 23andme genetic test i can guarantee you we've got (laughs) nothing no not not nothing in common. I mean, we come from very different lineages. Yeah, is that what you're telling me, you dumb fuck? <laughs> so, like, as I'm listening to this, and he's he can see in my face and the way I'm talking to him that I disagree with everything that he's saying, and so he's kind yeah. of losing his uh, patience. Patience, yeah. He's he can't really. He, he's, this has worked on like hundreds of other people before, right, man? Why isn't it working on this fucking? I always thought Gaijin was stupid, and I thought this guy looked like a sucker, and yeah. he's not falling for it. I was like, and and I was very kind of, but I still wanted to know because he told me there was this seminar, like, and I'm still waiting for this seminar. But then he tells me you have to pay to see seminars, and I'm like, well, what about today? Isn't there a seminar about you know imagination, inspiration, that kind of stuff? And he, he does kind of skirts away from that. And about 45 minutes later, my wife uh, meets me at the restaurant and she her eyes are bloodshot and she looked like she had been crying. And I was like, what's what's wrong? And she says to me in Japanese, bachi ni narimashita. I'm like, bachi, I don't even know what that means. I'm like, bachi, what's bachi? And I'm like, bat. And I'm, then I see her lapel and I was like, oh, badge. Oh, you, you got a badge. They put a badge on you. And basically, after the afterwards, she was like, we're never going to this place again. I'm like, well, what happened? And she said that... What did the badge look like? It was like a thing, like a silver embossed flower. And so, oh. yeah, like a... 
little thing, little pin. And um, so what happened was these women, they surrounded her and they just started bullying her and saying, you know, if you don't join, you know, you, you don't you want your husband to have a good, you know, you're the reason why he doesn't have a good job. You know, that's what they told her during the all female yeah uh, meeting, right? Yeah, because okay, that's what she told you. Happened. Yeah, right. and you know, at first, you know, I told my I told my wife that I would be interested. Maybe I can find other contacts here, networking and things like that. So she's got probably got that in yeah. the back of her mind. Stop being selfish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop being selfish and, and like think about me. I'm think I'm gonna I'm gonna get a lot out of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even made any like business contacts yet. So yeah. Uh, Wipe away those tears because right. we're staying. Right. But like, uh, well, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I didn't know that she had experienced that at that point. I just knew oh, that right. she had been through some strange things. And at the point that she met me, she was like, I want to get out of here. And it was like, I don't even know how to get out of here. Wow. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I don't even know how I got to this lunchroom. It was just like this mm. maze of stairs and weird. You know how I, in Shibuya, the Tokyo hands in Sh- yeah, Shibuya, yeah. you know how there's like half stairs and then you can go into another space and then there's another set of six stairs and you go right. into another part. Yeah, yeah. It was, it felt kind of like that, but there was like hallways and then stairs and then half stairs and you're going some other mm-hmm. place. That's how it was set up. But, um, but while she was in that room with the with the the older women, they were just they were just bullying her and telling her, "Oh, you got to do this, you got to do that." You know, who do you think you are? You know, you you don't support your husband enough, and they're just like bullying her into tears to the point where she actually paid them basically to back off, like she gave them five thousand yen, and at that point. Well, basically, halfway through the lunchtime, I was kind of like, I don't know if anything's going to happen here. And then I was sitting with my wife. And then after that, they took us to this big auditorium. But I mean, upon hearing this yeah. from your wife, I mean, yeah. what was your first, uh, uh, I mean, how did you react? Were you just nonchalant about it or were you infuriated or were you just more curious to find out more? Well, she didn't tell me all these details until after. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, so you yeah. found out this information later. Yes. Yeah. So I, I just, thought I thought mm-hmm. that I thought she was telling you there right you know right there and then. No, later. no, no. Because she couldn't, because all these people right. were around. Right. So yeah, I wasn't. Right. If I had known that, I would have been just like, let's go. Yeah. Now and you have like, to fuck take you, a, fuck yeah. all you people. Yeah, you you're ridiculous. And I, I just felt so bad for her when we got home. Like when I heard that story, I was just mm. like, this is so, I don't understand why they would do this. Like, but so from the lunchroom, we ended up going to this auditorium and the auditorium was pretty large. I mean, it was really, really big space, really tall ceilings. And there was a stage on one side and there was this woman in this like pink dress and a pink hat and on either side of her she had these giant jumbotron monitor screens 
and she was just like you can do anything i think you if you put your mind to it blah 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 like this type of thing i couldn't quite understand everything she was saying and then she was saying names of people who joined so and so joined so and so joined we do everything you can you can try your best blah 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 and we're sitting there and what was that was one aspect of the bazaar and then everyone was separated into these different uh groups uh, uh, there was no chairs, but there was all these groups of people like there was young women in their 20s who want to get married. Then there was families without children, families with children, and then a, another group of disabled people. And I was just like, what is this? And so we sat with the couples without children. And I don't know why we would be divided like this. Because we were all getting the same information from these, you know, from the lady in the pink dress. I was just like, what What the hell is Who do this? you think she was? Was she like the figurehead or founder? I mean, how old was she? And, she I was mean, probably in her 40s. And I think uh, now I'm starting to get things are starting to come back in my memory. There was the founder was dead and they had a giant picture of him on the stage and I think she might have been his daughter. I think that's mm, what it was. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and there, so there's this carrying off of things. Mm. Do you do you think she composed, uh, or do you think she spoke with charisma? I know she's speaking Japanese, but I mean, compared to other Japanese who are on stage delivering, um, I don't know, monologue or or trying to be persuasive. Do you think she had any kind of charisma or was she just a run-of-the-mill Japanese woman talking she, with a mic on a stage? The only thing that made her uh, prominent was the microphone, I would say. Oh, okay. So just yeah. a run-of-the-mill Japanese woman standing yeah. up in front of, of yeah. people. Okay. Yeah. Well, there wasn't anything that was striking about her except the pink dress with the hat. Just <laughs> like it kind of reminded what me. What kind of, of hat was it? It was like one of these what? round, a big rim, a rim, so there a was wide no rim. rim. But it was no rim. It was just about three or four inches tall, and it was flat on the top, and it was round. So, mm. uh, and it was just very. It it all it all kind of started to remind me of like a Haruki Murakami story. Like, you know, oh, he's a great the, author. Yeah, yeah. Woman in the pink dress. Like she's going to tell you. I think there was a a character from what the the end of the world, boiled something. I forget the name of it. Uh, but there was a woman in a pink dress, and that's why I always think about. It's like, God damn it! That that was just so weird. But finally, mm. um, I don't know. After just sitting through this mindlessness. Uh, we picked up with we didn't see any seminar. We didn't meet any scientists. I met one person who spoke English and it was the waitress at the at the restaurant. Apparently, mm. she had lived in San Francisco for some years. But um, that was it. There was no one to make a connection with. There was no networking that happened at all. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, this is ridiculous. And my wife's got bloodshot eyes from something. I don't know why. And then um, 
they after it was we were there four or five she, hours. she wasn't like smoking marijuana out there with the woman was no. it and then she came up with another story for you yeah maybe she did <laughs> they were just getting know. high <laughs> it's a secret life you know it's always possible so like we we left this place and they drove us back to our house and you know since my wife had signed up then we started getting these phone calls from the wife of the shop owner it's like, oh, you know, it's such a waste of money for you. And she's like, no, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to go back. Blah, blah, blah. Well, well, well stop. What about yeah. the ride home? What was oh, the ride home like? Silence. Nothing was said. Yeah. It was like they mm. knew we weren't doing this. And mm. we weren't buying into anything that they were doing. Um, so it was just 30 minutes of silence and then dropped off. Oh, I did meet one mm. businessman, and that was weird because it was a shop within the building. And mm, what I mm. found interesting was that the products that he was selling were almost the same products that this shop owner that took me to this place was oh, selling. So they and gave his, him the same advice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, so you guys don't really branch out that much, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very odd thing. And so... We get these calls a few days later and my wife keeps saying, I'm not going back. And it's like, do it for your husband, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, uh, I'm like, give the phone to me. And then she says, oh, my husband wants, my wife says, my husband wants to talk to you. And she said, oh, yes, I'd like to talk to him. And then I, I basically, this is how I handled it. She said, you know, it's such a waste of money. I said, yes, I know. And she said, you know, you would really benefit from coming again. You know, it could be a really good thing for you. And I said, I know. And then I said, mm. we're not going again. I agree with you. Mm. It would be very beneficial for me to go. I agree with you that my wife wasted money. And now we're not going to go. And she just mm. said, yes, it is a waste of money. Yes, so I just to talked back to her what she told me in in agreement, and then in addition, we're not going again. Goodbye, mm. and the phone call stopped mm. from that point. Mm. So somehow I I I don't know if I did some sort of mind trick by agreeing, and then <laughs> yes, you, you are. handled it very differently to how I would handle <laughs> someone like that. Yeah, because my someone well, of her ilk, yeah, harassing my fucking wife. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I. I don't know. I mean, you, yeah, the the way you handled it is very uh, very professional, mm. courteous, and you're you're accepting what she's saying. You're accepting everything, except yeah. for the fact that you're not going back. Yeah, well, I'm surprised I, she didn't like continue nagging you and saying, "Well, if you if you agree with everything I'm saying, then why don't you just come back then?" I mean, give me a reason why. I mean, if she wanted to really push you, like uh, hard, yeah. you know, hard sell you on the idea, mm. the but fact I, that she just let you go was that a Japanese. Uh, cultural thing which... i think so i think that's what I, yeah. I i think there was a culturally thing i think i had picked up something where it was like you need to agree with someone that you don't disagree with but that you disagree with you need to you need to agree that the other person is correct mm. i i don't know if that's japanese but it's just something like i felt like Oh, I know how I'm going to win this conversation. It's by telling her that she is correct. And then by doing that, 
I was able to end it, just end it. Because she didn't know, she didn't have any other route to go. There was no other way to convince me. There was nothing else that she could say to make me, you know, because I think what she thrives off of was the argument, right? They mm. Some people just like the argument. They like going back and forth. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And she didn't know how to, she didn't know, she did not know how to handle yes, yes, yes. It's like a tug of, yeah, tug of wall. Mm. You know, you're, you're both like pulling on the rope and yeah. then you just let the rope go. That's right. I just let the rope go. And then she was like, well, there's no one on the other side to argue with. Mm. Yeah. And so she went away. And so basically we cut off things with them or they also didn't want to have anything to do with us anymore. But what was kind of funny was that I still lived at that station. I was a 30-second walk away from that shop, and he still continued yeah, to be in could front avoid, of the shop. You couldn't avoid seeing, seeing him. And I could see his... That must it, have been pretty awkward. Yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> I think it was fun for me for a little while. Because it Were was you still like, smiling and oh, waving yeah. at him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And hey, he was, how's it yeah. going? Hey, how you how's doing? the lady in the pink dress? Yeah, how's, how's your networking going? Yeah, <laughs> how's that going? How's your shop where no one buys anything from? Uh, but you know, it's like uh, sometimes I would smile and say hello. You know, hey, how you doing? And he was always talking up somebody. But um, yeah, so that that was my that was my basic experience with. Uh, with I guess what would be called cult, but again, you know, I didn't. We didn't really lose much except a half a day, a Sunday, and my wife losing five thousand yen, uh, giving that stupid place. But I've heard far worse, you know, stories. Usually, when you hear a, a story about a cult, it's much worse than that. Um, but after listening to you, it, it, infuri- it, it, it infuriated me listening mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. talk about this because it's but then but then again when i put myself in that if, if i could just imagine myself in that situation mm-hmm. i would i would think well okay i don't know how i've got i've gone here but i've got to disentangle myself from mm-hmm. the situation as quickly as i can and how do i go about it because i don't know who in my neighborhood is a part of this fucking group right right and i don't know and i and i also want to maintain some safety i mm-hmm. i don't know what their end game is here i but mm-hmm. i do want to protect myself and my wife i want to make sure that we're going to be safe and that part of it mm-hmm. when i put myself in your situation that's a scary part of it mm-hmm. it's not knowing how long how far their tentacles go into society you know mm-hmm. you right, said there were right. 600 people there yeah well i don't know how many other were there other um is this uh, satellite uh, offices uh, is this just one of many around Japan I think it is one of many and it's That's scary it's just, as fuck it, right it's kind of kind of vaguely coming back as we're talking like it's because it's been 10 years and I did have some journal entry where I wrote some things down but as we continue talking I do believe that there were other places and my wife started to look up the name on the internet and she couldn't really find anything negative about it, but there were just, you know, some people who just said it just didn't seem that interesting or whatever. But um, 
I, I think that for a certain type of person, uh, it would be something that they would want to join. And I think that's that's the thing. It's like they they know right from the get go, right from the time that you enter, that you are uh, either you're going to join or you're not. And um, well, they made a mistake with you, didn't they? Yeah, that shopkeeper. Yeah, he's got to get better at his uh, cult responsibilities. Yeah, and it, take it's, a training course again. It's really funny because you know that there's it. It was registered as a religious organization, and I said, "Look, you. It says that you're a religious organization on your business card, or whatever documentation you were showing me in the in the in the in that building." And he said, "Oh no, no, we just do that for tax purposes." And I guess some organizations do that. They they register themselves as a religious organization so they don't have to pay as much tax, but still. Even though they, he said he's not a religious organization, it's more business-minded people, there was so much religious talk that it's, it's kind of hard not to separate the religious aspect from the other parts, of which I didn't even really see any other parts. You know, it all seemed just kind of just this talk about reincarnation and that kind of thing. I, I just... It, it didn't, but the stories didn't really go anywhere, and the the relationships mm. didn't really develop in a way that would even that would even to me make it seem like that they were dangerous. It just was so nonchalantly begun, and it ended nonchalantly. You know, it's just kind of like an up, a strange up, mm. and then a down and disappearance. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, that's I, one good thing about it, I guess, is that the uh, barrier to entry to this cult is particularly low. Yeah. And leaving is not is not that difficult. Yeah. Um, what you were saying before, I mean, they they prey, you know, they as with any cult, they prey upon the weak. Mm-hmm. And the shopkeeper recognizes something in you, like some yeah. kind of uh, uh, weakness, or not not weakness, but I mean, oh, you need something. Mm-hmm. There's 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 a way we can help you. We can. We can assist you in getting something that you want. That's why they asked you to write that dream yeah. at the at the reception area. And they want you to write a dream because they want to, I guess in, in in some way, if I'm playing devil's advocate, if mm-hmm. I'm supporting what they do, I, I would think, well, okay, they're, they they probably have helped certain people. Right. Out of the 600, I don't know percentage-wise, but let's, let's be, I, I don't know, let's be generous. Let's say that they've helped uh, a few hundred. Mm-hmm. People either through getting a better job, a better salary, um, quitting their shitty jobs where they're working long hours with li- little pay, you know, you know the typical Japanese work experience, right? And then they they help them start their own companies or their own little 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 shop little shops near the station, mm-hmm. which that makes sense. You open right. up a shop near the station, yeah, okay, you've got good foot foot traffic. You don't right. have to be a fucking business um, ex- expert right. to to know. Okay, that's going to work. Right. Uh, it's somehow depending on the product, mm-hmm. um, and but I mean, if you're if you do if you have a legitimate track record, a proven history in helping people, then that's that could be a good basis on which to expand. You know, you, you mm. you've got you've got people helping one another with the express intention intention of helping people achieve their dreams through connections. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I was I was reading I was reading up about it. You know, when we talked about doing cults, right? I was reading up about what what the fuck is a cult anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because I was always under the impression it isn't quite a religion. Mm-hmm. And in modern English, a cult. This is what I. This is like from Wikipedia. But mm-hmm. in modern English, a cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, mm. or by its common interest right. in a particular personality. Uh, particular personality being like the figurehead or the right. charismatic leader, yeah. or. Um, or it's uh, or by a common interest in an object or a goal. Mm-hmm. So that's basically a cult, right? What what a cult means in in English. But did you notice there? They say it's unusual religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they you know like a religious belief. Yes. So they've actually got religious there. They've smuggled religion into describing what a fucking cult is. Yeah. So that kind of was like um that piqued my interest. Yeah. Well, I think what was, um, you know, if you think about Christianity 2,000 years ago, I think most people would consider, would have considered that a cult, right? Oh, they did. The yeah. Romans and the Jews considered uh, Christianity just, just another cult. Mm. That's exactly how they viewed it. Yeah. So when you look at new uh, new religions, I think they're mostly considered cults, right? Because so it's it's, inter- it's it's the length of time that it takes in order for its adherents to f- like for example uh, you have got Jehovah's Witnesses you have got Mormons mm-hmm. who've taken over where is it San Antonio where in the uh, states Utah. are the Mormons located Utah, Utah. Mm-hmm. so they they basically own that yeah <laughs> they own that area right and no one no one questions it they're like yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a religion now mm-hmm. yep that's uh, religious practice and it only took them how long. I don't remember. I didn't read uh, up on it. But. Uh, 150 years or so. But the thing is, is that many people question that religion. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not like people are just sitting around like, well, yeah, Mormons, they're just part of the establishment. I mean, because of Mitt Romney and other things and people becoming more and more come, come in contact with Mormons in America, you know, they're not as they're not considered as strange as maybe they were 30 years ago but there are extreme cases of mormons where you know the uh, polygamy is like really suppressing the rights of women but there are also other groups of mormons who don't really subscribe to that extreme i think that the guy's name who did that extreme mormonism was like jim jeffers or something like that i think I mean, I might be confusing him with a, a stand-up comedian. Jim Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, it was something like Jeffers or something like that. But um, but I've also met Mormons, and they seem perfectly fine. And even if you, you, know, you talk about, like, the people at South Park, the guys at South Park, whenever they have interviews, they always talk about, you know, there are a lot of uh, Mormons in Colorado, and they were always the nicest people you could meet. Absolutely. That's yes. all I've heard. And also, they're very good salespeople. They're right. good in business. Yeah, there's something about the under underpinnings of this religion which makes them uh, good at salesmanship. Yeah, it's a you know it's just the way to form a community, right? So when you, but the definition that I heard from you for cult just seems to, it's not, <laughs> it 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 includes so many different possible organizations. Yeah. Yeah. So, and religious is just one aspect, you know, just a, a, something with a charismatic figurehead, 
an object that everyone is uh, interested in, a common goal. I mean, a common goal. My wife and I have a common goal, but I don't think we've formed a cult yet. You know, so I think yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, so it, it's such a, a loose and uh, nebulous definition because I think because it is, it is uh, because it necessitates cults necessitate a nebulous uh, definition because they're constantly changing how, and new yeah. things that keep forming. Yeah. How prevalent do you think cults are in Japan? Um, I, I couldn't really say off the, off the top of my head, I would say that they are somewhat prevalent, meaning what are the major ones that you can think of. Uh, I mean, the, the one that comes off the top of my head is Om Shindikyo. Yeah. 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 So that's the, I think you have some information about that. Maybe a little bit more details. Yeah. Well, uh, those are the two. There, there is Om and also Panawave. Did you ever uh, hear of Panawave? No, I haven't heard of Panawave. What's that? Panawave. They're all dressed in white. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're based in Shibuya, founded okay. by this woman called Yuko Chino in 1977, uh-huh. and they combined elements of uh, Christianity, Buddhism, and New Age uh, doctrines. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they caused a stir uh, when. Um, there are some members calling themselves like the scientific faction. Uh-huh. And they're warning of the evils of electromagnetic waves. Okay. They're, they're saying that these waves cause catastrophic environmental destructive, uh, con- destruction and climate change. Mm. Um, so they built this uh, laboratory in Fukui Prefecture mm-hmm. in an area they believed was most, uh, well, less at risk from electronic uh, electromagnetic pollution to other areas in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they made news when they, uh, in 2003, do you remember that seal, that Arctic seal in Tama River? Tamagawa? Uh, there was a seal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it made news. It was headlines because it was mm-hmm. a cute little seal. We may as well into this river mm-hmm. uh, called Tama River, national celebrity in Japan. Right. And, uh, yeah, what they did was they uh, they caught it. They this <laughs> this mm. cold they caught Tamachan, uh-huh. and they wanted to uh, yeah set him set him free. I mean, it, it was good intentions, right? But that's when they really made a lot of uh, yeah uh, yeah a lot of headlines was when they they built these two swimming pools. Uh-huh. Uh, as I as I said, they're all wearing white, and they yeah. they they made these swimming pools lined in white as well to protect mm. the seal. Mm. And uh, as though in Yawanashi Prefecture, they held the seal until he could be transferred to the the Arctic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that was their um, their big splash in the news. This cult, I mean, that was a little more of a I don't know benign influence, I guess, uh, yeah. on society versus what fucking Orm did with the sarin gas yeah. actually killing people right. in the subways. Yeah. Um, I think to listeners, they they might know Om from the 1995 um, Tokyo subway mm-hmm. sarin attack. Yeah, I mean, uh, so many people were affected by that. You know, not just the victims, but people who, I mean, it was you know an act of terror. So, just mm. thinking that okay, I could because my wife usually took that train line and used that station frequently, but for some reason she got up late or there was some delay somewhere and she wasn't because she could have been on that train uh 
that was hit with the sarin gas. Wow. Um, uh, if she had been on her normal schedule. So it's... Uh, Fuck. It, I mean, it could, you know, it has such wide reaching. And then being, then you're thinking, my God, now I have to take this train again. You know, just the, the panic that yeah, people yeah. probably experienced. Yeah, the uncertainty. Afterwards. Yeah, the uncertainty mm. of, of that whole thing. Um, you know, it just reminds me of, um, you know, Murakami Haruki's book, uh, 1984, and uh, the, the, the crazy cult-like uh, places near Mount Fuji that he discusses. It gets all magical and mystical with like this, this giant man having uh, sex with these child fairies or whatever. It's very strange. Um, well, that's standard Harukami fair. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I didn't really like that book that much. Uh, there's a couple books. Oh, thanks there. for bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just you know, something that pops into my head. Um, but you know, with um, Orm, yeah. do, have you ever been to? This is bar that mm-hmm. that has live bands in Tokyo. Right. Have you heard of What the Dickens? No. Well, to any listeners who enjoy live bands, live music, uh, some of the bands are absolute shit. But, you know, they've got random bands throughout the week, uh, three or four times a week. You can go here for uh, random, um, yeah, for, f- to, to hear live music in Tokyo. And it's in Ebis. Uh, E-B-I-S-U. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. But the reason I bring it up is because it was Orm's former headquarters. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This place. That's where they. That's where they had their uh, meetings. It's mm. actually two floors. It's, it's spacious, right, like close to Ebba Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, prime real estate, and the Scottish guy who owns the bar. Um, I heard that he, no one wanted to buy it, and he was like, you know what, I want to open a bar, and he got a good deal on it many years ago. I think just after. When when Orm was, um, you know, identified and prosecuted, yeah, no one wanted to touch this place, mm-hmm. and because you know, you know, yeah, obviously it was like uh, it housed these terrorists, but the Scottish guy said, "No, nah, I think I can make a bar out of this," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he did. Yeah. It's successful. So yeah, that's one good thing that came out of uh, Orm is that is a, is a pretty good bar, live band yeah. bar in Tokyo. That's good. And uh, yeah, you could actually just see. He, I don't think he changed much in it. Just mm-hmm. um, yeah, in terms of the layout. But that's interesting. If you are interested yeah. in cults and where they where cults came from and where they resided, I mean, here's one famous cult uh, cult leader's residence who you can go in and see. And listen to some good music sometimes. Yeah. Capture the atmosphere of a, a day gone by. Yeah. With some new music. Yeah, that's nice. That's cool. Um, what do you think? I was just, this just popped in my head. Uh, the difference between a sect and a cult. Uh, I don't know. Sect is, isn't that like, um, isn't that an offshoot of something else? Yeah. So there could be many sects. Or something that's already kind of established. Yeah. Yeah. So you find off. another offshoot. Mm. Yeah. So I think like Why? all these. 
I was just thinking like how maybe the major religions of, you know, for example, Catholicism would probably look down upon an offshoot or probably in the past have looked down upon offshoots and may have considered these what we would call sex to actually be a, a cult because it's something new and different and it doesn't subscribe to the way that they want you to follow the religion. Don't they call it denominations now? Yeah, there's denominations and things like that. But I think when these these new forms arrive, oftentimes I think there's lots of conflict with, mm. with how they are formed, right? And um, right. it's all about power structures and these types of things. So a cult is just something that doesn't even have a relationship to other other established organizations. Right. But I I think that that that's basically the only difference between the two things, right? Because mm, you could mm, definitely mm. see, oh, this religious sect um, has this very strange belief that it, you know, they can talk to animals, but they also think Jesus is great, you know. So mm, then, mm, mm. but over years, then that people get used to the sound of this thing, and then it becomes what might be a denomination or a sect or something else, and uh, it, it's the the, uh, the strangeness strangeness of it wears off so mm. it, i think it's interesting how these things kind of evolve over time whether or not they be, are an innovation on something that already exists or something of an invention in and of itself well i think it's also a uh now being humanity i think is all you know we're we're a very tribal creatures mm -hmm. we we need to be a part of a group mm -hmm. in order to feel safe because if we're ostracized uh tradition you know in old i don't know hundreds of thousands of years ago i guess if you were uh isolated from your group if you'd done something wrong if you lied or if you weren't um during your fair share of the work um you you know you were very sensitive to mm -hmm. that to how you appeared to your fellow tribe members uh, and without the tribe that meant certain death right so in order to you know to fend for yourself was yeah extremely difficult we don't have that problem anymore but still we we crave that connection mm -hmm. and if you're down in your luck i don't know like with a disability or you're maybe intellectually challenged or something you know something that's preventing you from from I don't know having a fulfilling life or having a connection you know having a group to depend upon that's mm. such a powerful idea right it's really powerful and it's no question there will always be cults that prey upon the weak um but I was going to ask you you know as at that I don't know if you remember they said that there would be other foreigners yes you never met other foreigners I did not meet was other there foreigners. um was there any was there any indication that there might be foreigners who weren't there for the event or who were attending one of these events at one of these other locations. I didn't get any indication about this. There was nothing right. that, there was nothing, it was just words that he said. And 
it didn't, I mean, hundreds of people, I did not see another face that I could recognize as being a foreigner. Not even mm. like a Southeast Asian face. <laughs> like, right, it wasn't even right. like different Asian people or black people. I was the only different person in the whole place. Like, mm. uh, And it seemed to me that it was, he was trying to push this idea that it was um, an international type of place. And I did not get that at all, you know. It's like I'm the one thing that made it international. It seemed like without. Well, me that's there, the thing. He he yeah. lied to you. He lied to you at the beginning. But maybe, just maybe, in a parallel universe, yeah. you stayed, and maybe you weren't married, and yeah. you were so down in, on your luck that you stayed, right. and you could have been the foreign sort of ambassador you know right, you could right. have you could like have your photo on the wall next to the founder you could have <laughs> branched out branched yes. out and attracted like uh adherents around you know from around the world yeah. just imagine that future for yourself imagine yes. where you could be you could be surrounded by all these young virgins who knows who knows what your life could be if you stayed you could have made a real difference being the first foreigner there could have been a trailblazer <laughs> You know, I just I just ruined my chance. I can't believe I just shot myself in the foot one more time. You know? Yeah, you just had to get married, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> you just had to hell? have a, a have a fulfilling to, marriage. Know, <laughs> I had to want to, you know, fall in love and get married, and you know, I could have had more. I could yeah. be, you know, I could be a Tiger King. <laughs> I, I it, yeah, it's. It's interesting. I wonder who could what if there are any foreigners who have joined or who have bought into it. I had a a co a, a classmate a classmate coworker who also lived in that same neighborhood, and he was really into Buddhism, but the really religious side, not just the ph- philosophical side. And um, I was like, "That's odd." And my neighbor at that apartment, she was totally into like Indian yoga and buddhism and all this stuff and i remember being on my veranda one day and the nichiren people came to my house the nichiren is like a a sect of buddhism that's very predominant in japan where they believe that nichiren is kind of like the prophet and Mm. uh, his his word is very very important uh and they came to my house and talk to me i felt like it, in that area in that neighborhood of no omiya it was just so many religious strange things coming together in that one space that i i haven't really experienced in any other place where it was so overtly religious i mean i'm this is kind of ironic because i work at a catholic school so um but mm. That I don't get this. Uh, not no one's trying to make me think Catholic, and the the mm. students aren't being told to be Catholic. You know, it's just a Catholic school. But it's it's such a which is interesting to me because actually I think Catholic schools in in at least in America, like most of the kids have communion and they have to take classes where they are told that this is the way life was produced but i think maybe because 
the Japanese this, the Japanese sense of Christianity, I think, is unique in, in that they don't. The, I've never met any Japanese Christians who really try to push Christianity onto you, and they don't look down on you for not being Christian. It's a, it's something that I, I really noticed um, about the the nature of Christianity here. Whereas in America, I feel like there's this always this push. There can be a lot of condescension in people who, who think that you aren't. Oh, oh, you're just going to go to hell or whatever. Or, oh, the, I under I I want to understand how you're not Christian or something like that. It's very there's a kind of a dissonance and it can get uncomfortable at times. But in Japan, with it, Japanese Christians just don't have that vibe, which I I find interesting. Um. Yeah, so I, I don't know. That's just one offshoot. Some something that just popped into my head there. A sect in your in your thinking. Yes, a sect in my thinking. That's actually a good segue in to mm-hmm. another podcast we're, we're going to be doing soon. Oh my God! Oh dear! Yes. So uh, you and I watched a. You movie. inadvertently walked right into. Segway. Next podcast territory. Yes. Holy cow. It's just, just, uh, what is that? Serendipity. Uh, mm. uh, so, yeah. So maybe in another podcast soon to come, we're going to talk about silence, right? That's right. A Martin Scorsese movie. And we're going to be talking about it at length. Yeah. And we've got some. Uh, opinions to yeah. share on it. So, yeah. if any of you have seen Silence or you're interested in watching it, then this could be a good podcast to listen to. Yeah. And watch it before, and then we'll talk about it. And then you can think to yourself, the hell are these guys talking about? The hell's wrong with these people? Or, I agree. <laughs> I think you're right on the money. Well, I never thought about that before. Yeah, there's so many possibilities, man. <laughs> but uh, what do you think? Do you think we're finished today? I think we pretty much covered it. I think okay. we covered your story. I, you know, we wanted to talk about your particular experience. Right. And I thought it was worthy of sharing with mm. listeners because I think this is is pretty um, reflects a lot of what happens in Japan. Mm. Uh, cults are... Yeah, they're they are um, something which I think Japanese they they I think Japanese in general mm-hmm. treat treat these cults like um, they would any other religious institution. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about you know normal Shinto Buddhist uh, practicing Japanese. You know, ir- you could even say irreligious. Mm-hmm. Not quite right. atheists. They just don't have any religion, so they're not mm-hmm. atheists. They believe something. Not quite agnostics. Be- right. Not quite agnostic because they do believe in Buddhism and Shintoism, but not to the extent that they would, um, you know, spend much much thought on it on a right. daily basis. Right. So that's, um, uh, yeah. So so that's what, why I thought it would be would be good to cover cover your story here because it mm-hmm. opens up all these other different offshoots which we can explore at another another time mm. through other topics like silence yeah yeah exactly like silence uh 
All right, then. I think we should okay, say goodbye. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Until next time. Okay. See ya.